is The Next Trip Podcast with Aviation Insiders Doug and Drew. Together, with more than 40 years of industry experience, they are creating a network for other app geeks and travel enthusiasts to obsess about all things aviation. All thoughts and opinions are their own. Good day and welcome to Boarding Pass 153, operating on October 31st, 2022. This is Drew, an airline ops manager and private pilot trainee, and I'm here with my buddy Doug, an airline pilot. We're here to discuss aviation topics from an industry insider's perspective. Happy Halloween to our U.S. listeners. Usually I'm asking, where in the world is Doug today? Today, where in the world are Doug and Drew? And where are we going or think we're going? Where are we? We are sitting in Houston right now. We were, we were in, the initial plan was that we were going to record along the way, but I would say we just ended up having way too much fun as we went, and mm-hmm. we just didn't want to even take time away from the clubs and the airline experience to be able to record. So we waited until you have to leave for your flight in like 40 minutes. Right. We're in our third lounge in Houston to even find a place to, to get this recording done. Yeah, so I think, you know, we were going to take the listeners along with us every step of the way, but it was just too much. So what we're going to do is we do have real time our flight um, from Manchester to Houston which we'll get to in just a second. But other than that, let's just, Doug, let's just do a recap of our trip. Yeah, I, I think if we start chronologically, that's probably the best. Let's do that. Um, let me start off <laughs> with uh, San Francisco. So Doug met us in San Francisco. I was with Ian, a friend and a listener who, total jet setter and world traveler. So he heard I was coming to San Francisco to meet up with Doug. So what does he do? Flies up to SFO for dinner. <laughs> so we met him. We all went to SFO, and then what happened, Doug? Yeah, well, I, I met you guys that morning, and I think you had a late night walking around the city, which you said was awesome. It was great, yeah. Yeah, most people, I think, would be upset. Or not not upset, but like, okay, well, I guess I'll just sit in the parking lot and wait. And you said, yeah, we're going to be 30 minutes, so what did I do? I said, okay. Opportunity. That's an opportunity. <laughs> I'm not upset at all. I'm going to go to the Bayshore, and mm-hmm. I'm going to watch the planes come in. Just text me when you guys are ready, and I'll come pick you up at your hotel. That's how everything started. Did you see anything good while you were waiting? You, uh, you know what? I, if you had asked me this four days ago, I could have told you. <laughs> my With the lack of sleep, with the time, zones. the time zones and the overload of everything that we've done, I can barely even remember what day it is today and what I had for breakfast, which we need to talk about because right. that's what we're going to cover. I Yeah, I'm sure I saw some heavies coming in, but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what. <laughs> and I'll hand in one, one ab geek point for... Not being able, to, not being able to tell you, but after everything that we saw, San Francisco Bayshore is the least of our priorities. It really was. So this was a little bit more exciting than we wanted it to be because the flights were full, filling up. So we went in. Ian joined us. Uh, we went to the Virgin Clubhouse. No, we didn't. So, oh, we didn't. Did we? No, no, we didn't. Okay, <laughs> okay. We went somewhere with Ian. All right. Yeah, so we no we we. I, I picked you guys up when, when you let me know you were ready. We went in. We went to our airline club. We, right. we had some drinks. We had some breakfast at our airline club. And then we went to a, a couple, actually. We went to three of our airline clubs in yeah. San Francisco. We brought Ian in. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great. It was a great way to start the trip. And that was when we still didn't know how we were getting to Europe. And we were checking the loads. We were checking different airline loads. Still trying to decide between... Lufthansa, SAS, our airline, SAS, which we will get to, is actually S-A-S, Scandinavian. We'll get to that. And we're still trying to decide. Yeah, and for those of you that took our poll on uh, Twitter, our choices were a SAS A350 and a Lufthansa 747-8. 
problem is, you know, we talk about the laptop crowd. The laptop crowd is taking over, and the premium seats on all of these flights to Europe were filling up in October. We didn't expect it, so here we are about two hours prior to departure. We don't know if we're going to Frankfurt or to uh, Copenhagen. Or or Frankfurt on our airline as a backup, mm-hmm. which we had if, if we didn't get on one of those first, first two. And we ended up, we, we got to a, a split in the road where we had to make the decision and it looked like we were we would get on Lufthansa in premium economy. And we decided that we would go with SAS because at the time it looked like we would probably get all business. We, yeah. we, we just, we made that decision. We made our bed. We're going to sleep in it. Yep. That's, that's what we're going with. We went to the end of the G gates. There's an outdoor patio that you can overlook the, the tarmac and watch planes taxi. If you haven't been there, it's, it's great. And it was perfect because the Lufthansa 747-8, which we were hoping to get on, mm-hmm. was parked right next to the SAS A350. Right. And you got some awesome videos yeah, I'll put that. panning between the two. So we had to, uh, it was bittersweet, but we watched the 747 leave. We didn't even check to see exactly what it went out with because we were, we were moving forward. So we go down to SAS, or Scandinavian Airlines System, to get our business class seats. <laughs> And they tell us, oh, we're full in business class. And we're like, oh, my goodness. But you know what? It all turned out well. They ended up having one business seat, one premium economy. Doug got the, I gave Doug the business class seat because he's new to not. I appreciate that. And I, have, I cannot thank you enough for that. And I think I made it up by paying for dinners and oh, drinks yeah. no, and lots of other things. Well, but the other thing is, I don't know who had the better seat. You, you've had the physically better seat. Mm-hmm. But I sat in premium economy next to someone from Sweden. So we talked for about three hours. I got a whole overview of the Nordic countries for free. And, you know, I actually had a nice sleep on yeah. that plane in yeah. premium economy and a nice meal. I, I Honestly, I can't complain about the seat. And the meal the meal was great. The service was, was very good. Mm-hmm. And I, I just I didn't sleep well. Usually I can sleep well on airplanes. I don't know if it was because I was excited for the trip or just, just what was going on. But Drew and, and listeners, I know we've talked about the tail cam. This oh. was this was my first experience with the tail cam. You were cam. blown away. I was blown away. I, I was amazed by the You tail said it cam. should be the law. It should it needs <laughs> to be the law. I'm gonna run for president and that is that is my platform. That is the only tail that is the only thing that I'm running. <laughs> that, that that is my well, platform. And you guys, we think it's a ab geek thing. So I'm sitting in premium economy and I'm looking around to see what people are watching. Every single person has the tail cam. The plane has a tail cam and a nose cam, and they have one or the other tuned in. So don't tell me it's just happening. Yeah, it, it was absolutely incredible. And I was sitting in the, the last row of business in the middle, and I couldn't really see out the windows. And I was just staring at the tail cam watch, watching this yeah. departure, and it was beautiful. Right. And I could see everything that was going on. And I, I think I made the comment to you that if I had been in a window seat, I would have been torn yeah. between looking out the window, like actually physically seeing what's out there and watching mm-hmm. the tail cam because you get this perspective above the airplane, basically. Right. And I was actually kind of glad that I didn't have a window seat because then I, I'm not going to fight right. with myself. I'm yeah. just going to watch. Torn. I'm not torn. I'm going to watch the tail cam. Right. And so just to give you an example, the, the departure out of San Francisco is absolutely gorgeous. It sit is, on the right side. Sit on the right side. You will... 99% of the time, be taking off on runway 28 left or right. So we took off on one of those runways, take off, and we go over the Pacific Ocean for just a little bit, make a right. There's a beautiful view of downtown, the Golden Gate Bridge. Golden Gate, yep. 
and I'll, I'll put that picture on it so it has the tail cam with the Golden Gate Bridge right next yeah. to it. It's so, so ideal. Yeah, you, you, got, you got a perfect picture of that. It was, it was incredible. The, the flight was great. It was about 10 hours to get over there. We each slept enough to be able to hit the ground running when we got to Copenhagen. And we lucked out with the weather drew. We, well, well, first of all, we got were in, telling the Europeans were telling us we lucked out. Yeah, and we got in early. It was about thirty minutes early. Mm -hmm. We were joking about Copenhagen, saying we're going to feel like we're in an IKEA store when, when we get there, and it really and was because sure there's teak wood and minimalist and and concrete everywhere. Yeah. It was great. Like the, the Copenhagen airport was awesome, and I it's was, an old airport. I, yeah, but they must have. Recently redone it, it because looks brand new, it is yeah. spectacular. Yeah, the, the light and airy, just like I, you know, just we just keep saying IKEA, but it's this Nordic style that's mm -hmm. light and airy and wood tones. Yeah, and it was really beautiful. But why did we decide? One of the reasons we chose Copenhagen was why? Because we have a listener, Dominic, there that we were that we had Drew had been messaging with him and said there is a chance that we're going to be going to Copenhagen, and like like we said. We could have made it in premium economy on the Lufthansa, but I think we both were a little bit disappointed about that, like about going to Frankfurt and then going straight to Manchester because we had built up this Copenhagen in our mind. You, you know what I mean? Like, we were disappointed we, about not going to no, Frankfurt? No, no. We, we were, when it, there, there was a, a time oh, about an hour go. before the Lufthansa flight where it looked like we might both get business. Right. And I think... I could feel that we both were slightly disappointed. Not not because, like, yeah, of course, we, yeah. we talked about how we really wanted the 747, and that right. was the mission. But ultimately, it was also to get to a city neither of us have been to. I, I've been to Denmark, but I haven't been to Copenhagen. But we had another, there was another wrinkle in our trip. So we decided to book SAS because Dominic was there, and it looked good for business. Not going to get the 747-8, but everything else was perfect. But what happened? We had that glitch. Oh, that's getting right. the tickets. Yeah, where we, where we couldn't book, and, and we were trying to book for twenty four hours, and we were both getting really frustrated with it. We and, actually opened a ticket with our IT an IT ticket and got an email about two hours prior saying this is the workaround, right. and it worked, and, yeah. and we we got on. Yeah. So to the IT people at our airline, thank you so much for taking the time to fix a yeah. non rev problem. And you know. We think it's minimal because it's a non-rev problem. It's actually not. We may have employees in Scandinavia I know we that do. cannot I, get home. For a fact, and I know we have pilots who work or who live in Scandinavia yeah. and, and fly on the East Coast, and they commute to work every, right. every couple of weeks. And and one of them I actually reached out to said, yeah, I, I fly SAS every couple of weeks. There you go. Never have any problems with it. So anyway, they gave us a fix. That worked. And then, so we're back to Scandinavian. We get to Copenhagen. We get to the hotel, freshen up real quickly. And then we went downstairs to the bar to get a coffee. And we talked with the, the bartender. And uh, Copenhagen is, the, the airport itself is about four miles south of central, the, like the city center itself. Mm -hmm. And we asked the bartender, can we walk to downtown? And he said, he no. Rolls his he eyes. rolls his eyes and says, no, absolutely not. We had already looked on Google Maps. And it would we know take, that it would take an hour. It's about five kilometers or three miles. We know that we can. I don't and, even know why we asked him because we, we were going to walk. We re-asked. We're like, no, 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 no. And he's like, oh, no, that's an hour. Just take a cab. We said, no, we, because we just flew all night. We want, we to, want, the fresh air. We want to walk an hour. Is it physically possible? That's yeah. what we're asking. Not, not like, should we? Yeah. Is it physically possible? And he said, oh, yeah, there are sidewalks. And, Drew, I'm glad we did because... Oh, my goodness. That was a great walk. Over half the walk was through this 
this giant park, yeah. cobblestone path. It was it was gorgeous. And then we yeah. So I mean, talk about smart growth. So we're in this big city in Europe, Copenhagen, and we're walking through this park. And for a while, it's like we're just in nature. We don't see any any city or anything. Yeah, it was a great walk, and I think it woke us up. Woke us up, and we got a did. good workout. Yeah, and and then we we went to a just like a, a street cafe. Mm-hmm. We, we had a drink at, at the cafe, and then met up with Dominic, a listener from Copenhagen. Drew, I, it's, I I'm still pinching myself that we have listeners around the world who are excited to yeah. drop what they're doing. And take to, us around. To take us around and meet up with us. And Dominic was awesome. Like, he was such a, such a nice guy. Dominic, we had, we had an absolute blast with you. We really did. We went to several different bars and, and restaurants around Copenhagen. And we ended up, like, the, the last place we went to was this outdoor patio bar with, like, heat lamps and everything. Great. It was 50 degrees outside. It was chilly outside. Yeah. But we didn't we didn't feel that the heat lamps were on. And that's what we love about Europe is the, the cafe culture. We were sitting on one of the canals. For hours, just just chatting. And what was cool is it was a total neighborhood bar. Yeah, and you know it was to the point where they were very friendly, and uh, they were we we're trying to pronounce uh, one of the beers. Were they names. were they friendly? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm going to talk about the beer. I'm pulling up the the picture here. I'm going to try this again. We had I'm I'm going to I'm going to try this. Tuberg Grün. Is that correct? No, it's Tuberg Grün. Grün. So the bartender came by and. I showed her the thing and I said, okay, I'm going to do this once. I'm like, Tuberg, Tuberg, Grun. And she said, yes. And then you do it. Well, I had and already, I had already gone in and I was trying to buy a round for Drew, Dominic, and myself. And I, I, I always like to speak like the locals mm-hmm. and, and use, I, I mean, I don't speak Danish, but I'm, I'm trying. Mm-hmm. And I was asking her what, I brought the bottle in and said, how's this pronounced? And she said it and I repeated and she's like, exactly. no, 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 no. And I did it again. We did it like four times, and finally and she's it sounded like, the same. "Yeah." And finally she's like, "Okay, fine. Like here, I'll, I'll let you pay for it." And then she comes out and asks if we want more. And Drew tried it, and she's like, "Oh yeah, that's perfect." And I'm like, "That's exactly how I said it." And she she looks at me and goes, "You're annoying," and walks away. I think she was trying to be cute because we were pronouncing yeah. it the same way. You guys, Copenhagen. If you have not been, go. It was a great walking. City. Five out of five stars. Five out of five yeah. stars. Then the next day we are. We have a, com- a completely, I want to say, it's boring, but more like seamless mm-hmm. would be a better word for it. So we're using our benefits again, flying from Copenhagen to uh, Manchester. And how was your experience, Doug? It was, it was awesome. We, we booked business, which in Europe, and we've talked about Europe, is where the seats are no different, but the service... What kind of plane is it? ...is a, a little bit different. It's a CRJ 900. And we, we got confirmed the night before. And usually when you non-rev, when you fly yeah, space of, yeah. available, you get it at the gate. We got confirmed seats the night before, and we knew it wasn't going to be an issue. And because we had booked business, we got fast track, which meant that we went through a special... Doug, I'm telling you, that is the most that is the most efficient security checkpoint. It really was. And it spit us right out, right next to the club. And we went to the SAS club, yep. which... Awesome. Uh, also felt like an Ikea, but mm-hmm. we had the typical European breakfast, the charcuterie and the rolls. I, I probably had like five rolls with butter. They were de- absolutely delicious. Mm-hmm. Self-serve drinks, everything. The coffee was great. And then we, we walk, it seemed like a mile to get to our gate and we go downstairs. Went to, it, it was Europe because it, all of our European listeners know they post the gate 
like 10 minutes before departure. So we didn't know where the gate was. We're just sitting there waiting for the gate, and they post it. And we go, and we walk downstairs, and there is no one. <laughs> We're like, are we in the right area? Uh, did, did, we, did we miss a meadow or something? Mm-hmm. There's no one. They're on, on the CRJ 988 seats, and I think mm-hmm. there were about 30 people on board. Yeah. Zero stress. We knew that we were going to get on. The service, Drew, we were, we were on a regional flight on a CRJ 900, and the service was fantastic. Yeah, we got a little meal with a hot roll and cheese and a muffin and what else? Coffee, coffee. alcohol. Well, not just that, but the, the coffee, they walked through with a carafe, and they, they poured it in a cup and handed it to you on a plate to all the passengers, not just yeah. us sitting in the quote-unquote business section, which really is just the first, like, six rows of the airplane. <laughs> right. But they, they treated everyone very well. It was it was excellent. We got into Manchester at 9 o'clock in the morning. 9 o'clock in the morning with the yeah. whole day in front of us. And Manchester. So let's talk about Manchester. European efficiency again. We get on the train. We're in town in, like, 20 25 minutes. minutes. Mm-hmm. It was a breeze, get to the hotel, and at this point, Doug is running on empty because you've had very little sleep, but you rallied, we had a drink, and then we met our buddy David, David, who's another listener, Yeah. and again, this is so cool to meet people that are our listeners on the other side of the world. Yeah, and we, we did literally a pub crawl through Manchester for the entire day. We, we just, we, we had a beer at one club, had, or not... We, we had a beer at one restaurant, had fish and chips at another, and we just spent the entire day in Manchester. And let, let's go back to in Copenhagen. One of our bartenders was from London. Oh, yeah. And we, we, she was asking what we were doing. We told her, and we said, we're going to Manchester tomorrow. And she goes, why? <laughs> <laughs> and she was British. Right? And she was yeah. British. And, she, and we said, well, we have to why? get there because that's our, where our flight home is. Right. Have you ever been and there? And we, we want to see our listener. We want to, yeah, see our listener. Have you ever been there? And she said, no, I've never been there, and I have zero desire to go. Drew, what, what was your thought about Manchester? Manchester? I love Manchester. So I thought it was very walkable. I thought uh, the food we had was excellent wherever we went. We had fish and chips. Yeah. We had pizza. We had burgers. Everyone was very friendly. And, I, again, we lucked out because we arrived on a day that had basically California weather. Yeah, it was like 60 degrees and sunny, no rain. But what really struck out to, to me, and, and we talked about this last night, was... It is beautiful. Like there's there's there are new buildings, new architecture, but there's also the old, like London, like what you'd see in London, the big brick buildings, the ornate, marble, yeah. ornate, old. Well, and some of the pubs, like what, what were you saying about some of the pubs we went to? Oh, they're like historic, you know, from like hundreds of years ago. The 1400s. So charming. And, you know, Doug and I are thinking, we're coming to Manchester. People are already saying, why are you going there? So I'm imagining smokestacks, <laughs> grime, so, little Timmy, you know, just like really a horrible scene. And we go there, and it's actually very nice. Very nice, yeah. All well, right, so we got to get to work. Yeah, let, a let, lot of story. Yeah, a lot of we, topics. We've been talking about premium seats. Let's preface this for the listeners. We used miles for our flight on Singapore. Yes. We non-revved, which means that we flew space available seats uh-huh. on yeah. on our airline or partners um, of, of the airline, right? we paid pennies on the dollar for these seats. I, I know it seems like a lot of times we talk about these grand experiences, premium experiences and everything. Keep in mind, we Drew and I, we, we don't make enough money to be able to pay for these experiences, if not for the fact that 
we work, work we work for the airline. We're, we'll preface this whole discussion. We don't want to lose listeners thinking that we're talking about right. these. And, and we want everyone to know that we're appreciate, appreciative of that privilege. Exactly. We don't, we don't take it for granted. Yeah. Well, let's talk about premium, though. Yeah. American is eliminating international first class. Now, let, let's explain this a little bit. First class on American is only on their 777-300s. What we mean by that is that is actually a level above business class. When you're in business class today on Singapore, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit, most airlines, the business class product is what first class used to be. Used to be. be. Right. A premium economy is what business class used to be. Used to be. Mm-hmm. American still has a true first class business class and premium economy product on their triple seven three hundreds and they've announced now that they're gonna get rid of it. And uh, here's a quote. First class will not exist on the triple seven or for that matter at American Airlines for the simple reason that our customers aren't buying it. American Airlines chief commercial officer Vazu Raja said during an investor call last Thursday. It's not all bad news, though, because American unveiled a new flagship suite, business class, that will boost premium seats on long haul by 45% by 2026. Raja also said that before COVID-19, half of the demand for premium cabins came from corporations. Now, as we have talked about, Drew, between 40 and 50% of that demand is blended demand, as they call it. Trips with both work and leisure elements, or blips, or... (laughs) Lap flips. Okay, so on the last episode, Doug just pulled out of his pocket the term lap flips because we talk about the laptop We talk about the summer with the lap, the flip-flop crowd, and now we have the laptop crowd. But, you know, Basu Raja, whomever at American is saying, it's hard now to identify if they're leisure or business. So Doug created the term lap flip. So that's what he called last week, mer- merging flip-flop and laptop it's a family show so i don't know if lap flip <laughs> is a term that we really want, want to coin we'll stick with blip okay changing topics a little bit so back to our trip to to europe one of our options to europe was the queen of the sky is the 747 although a work of art she consumes a lot of fuel and emits a lot of pollution should we feel guilty about flying it Drew, we do have to conduct business and move people and goods around the world. We shouldn't feel guilty, but we should look for ways to do it while reducing pollution. Let's actually jump back to Copenhagen yeah. right now, because there are signs all over the airport about how they're, they're carbon neutral now, and they're going zero emission by 2030, very soon, I think, yeah. very soon. Yeah. Incredible. So, yeah, so that's good. But interestingly, a fully loaded 747-8 is more efficient than a Toyota Corolla, which I picked you up in at your hotel the other day. Right. How it? How is that? What, what's the math on that? So Doug's Toyota Corolla gets 28 miles per gallon. So keep that number in your head. Hear us out. I know it sounds, it sounds um, outlandish that a 747 could get better gas mileage than a Toyota Corolla or whatever Doug pulled up in. <laughs> um, so a 747-8 consumes about 3,000 gallons per hour or 33,000 gallons on an 11-hour flight from San Francisco to Frankfurt. 5,000, uh, let's see, 5,000 miles divided by 33,000 gallons comes out to 0.15 miles per gallon. That's terrible. Which sounds terrible, right? Now take 5,000 miles times the capacity of the 747-8 of 364, and you have 1,820,000 miles. Divide that, and you get 
1.2 miles per gallon per person. That is twice as efficient as your little Toyota Corolla. Yeah, and the example that you're giving is if I driven my Corolla from San Francisco to Frankfurt, right. it would have been 28 miles per gallon, mm -hmm. but flying 364 passengers the 5,000 miles from San Francisco to Frankfurt on that map, mm -hmm. you get 58 miles or 55.2 miles per gallon. Well, yeah, and when we were in, in uh, Copenhagen, we actually did a calculation on the plane that you fly, mm -hmm. which is a 777-300, which is more efficient, yeah. and we came up with 70 miles per gallon. I think it was 78. I think it was actually it was a, 78? Little, a little more than 70. Yeah. Okay, so well over twice as good in terms of gas mileage compared to a Toyota Corolla. So if anyone tells you that flying is inefficient, just give them that, those numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And you also have to think about what it's moving below, too. We've talked about the cargo and the LD3s and LD7s and all that. And that is a very efficient way of moving that cargo, as opposed to some of the cargo carriers that are just moving cargo. These airplanes are moving both cargo and passengers. Yeah. All right, well, anyway, that was a great trip, Doug. But as we say, the best trip is the trip home. So we came back on a Singapore Airlines A350 from Manchester to Houston. We're going to play you a clip of us on that plane. Doug, where are we right now? Set the scene for our listeners. It's, it's impossible to set the scene. We're sitting on the Singapore A350. Right. In, I was about to say first class. It's business class. This is the arguably the best business class I think that I you, have ever flown in. Really? I think so. And this is actually their older version. It, it feels like first class from service, from the seat, from everything. Yeah. The, the plane is gorgeous. It's really hard to set the scene. Yeah. And for those of you that haven't followed our trip, this is our last, well, it's our last international leg. We're flying from Manchester to Houston. Right now, um, we just passed Memphis, Tennessee, so we are... I think we're about an hour and a half to two hours away from Houston, which is our destination. I think I saw an hour 10 just a, a little bit ago, which yeah. sadly means that we're almost done with this because this right. has been fantastic. So this trip has been all about the A350, right? I mean, we didn't plan for it to be that no. way. What do you think about this aircraft? What are your What are your thoughts on it? Well, we, we were talking about it. I, I know when I flew the Delta A350, which was my first and that was a short haul yeah and then we flew the SAS and through 50 to Copenhagen and I made a comment and I'm making a comment now I know they say that the lower humidity the lower cabin altitude makes you feel more refreshed right. on the flight when you land yeah maybe it does from a scientific standpoint but to me you don't notice it feels it. negligible from my flights when I'm even operating the, the airplane up front not getting as much sleep as, as I did on this flight or on the previous flight. Yeah. What I noticed, Doug, on the A350, so we talk about how boring the 787 is because it's so quiet. We were interrupted by the purser who brought us a, a crew list and drew a, the, the Can I read what he said? Yeah. I shall let you read it because okay. it's dark in my eyes. <laughs> Mr. Drew. It has been a real pleasure having you on board with us, SQ-52 Manchester to Houston, on 26 October 2022. We sincerely hope you enjoyed the flight. Do you share your flight experience? And then they gave us a feedback website and with the names of the crew. Yeah. Yeah. This, no. this has been fantastic. Let's go back to the beginning. We boarded in Manchester. Right. 
you got on well before me because I got like the super secret. Yeah, Doug seems to recently get tagged a lot. So you got the first impression with no one else on board. I boarded that as like the last of the passengers <laughs> boarded because I was getting like quadruple swapped. Yeah, we won't talk about that. What was what was your first impression when you walked on? Oh, my first impression was it was really sp- spacious. And Doug, I think we both noticed this. If they try and make it seem like a hotel more yeah. than an airplane, like I'm looking at the fabrics and the leather and the colors, there are earth tones, the blankets and everything. It doesn't scream airplane. It no. screams four-star, five-star hotel. That's that's what I noticed. And it doesn't scream clinical like, like some airplanes yeah. have gone to, just that neutral tones that it's not warm and inviting. Something else that I noticed when I walked on there are no overhead bins in the center, at least in the business. Oh, yeah. Moment, no, that is striking. Which feel spacious, like the photos you see of L-1011s, DC-10, 747s back in the day when they were first introduced. Yeah, so for for our older Av geeks that have flown on a DC-10 or an early model L-1011, there are no overhead bins in the center. And what that does is it creates a cavernous space. So we're sitting on this A350, which is actually narrower than a triple seven but somehow it seems bigger because there's a very high ceiling it's got to yeah. be like 12 foot ceilings yeah we got in our seats we were served champagne choice of champagne or orange juice the champagne was excellent we noticed it had the singapore logo at the bottom of the glass that's a very nice touch and, and we immediately did we i guess we introduced ourselves to the flight tenant or no they they asked about our shirts Yep. Asked what we were doing. Yeah, so we're wearing the next trip shirts. And immediately that builds the rapport with right. the crew. And they've, I, I, they've been fantastic this entire well, time. Well, they came by and they mentioned what their name is and that they'll be mm-hmm. they'll be serving us today. Yeah, and they asked what, what to call us. Yeah. And, you know, can I mention one uh, negative? Yeah. Or this plane does not have the, uh, the, tail, the tail cam. Cam. That's the one thing. This plane does not have a tail cam and a lot of A350s do. So... That's something it could have. But other than that, Doug, it, it has been perfect. How do we rectify that situation, though? So we will write to Singapore and rave about the crew. And no, the I'm saying you and I, on this particular flight, we didn't have the tail oh, how yeah. Did, how do we rectify that so situation? So the flights, yeah, we should mention, this is a fifth Freedom flight, which we'll talk more about in the episode. But this flight is coming from Singapore to Manchester and going to uh, Houston. Manchester to Houston leg is not full. There's a lot of open seats on this. And the crew... Yeah. Oh, thank you. Oh, great! Thank oh, you so much. Yeah. Thank, thank you, so you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about it right now. Yeah, you, you guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Not the plane. Not all this is great, but you, are, you guys are the ones that make the difference. Absolutely. Yeah, the, the crew one hundred percent makes it. Thank you guys. No, it's been fabulous. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We were talking about Fifth Freedom. It's empty. Not, not empty. Fifth Freedom, there were open seats. We didn't oh, have yes. a tail cam, and we rectified that situation by asking if we could just move to one of the window seats, which I didn't think they would say no. But here, here's how great the crew was. They said, well, we can. you can sit there permanently mm-hmm. if you would like. You, you can just sit in the window seat well, for the entire flight. And here's the other thing about that. They were, and it wasn't just one flight attendant. It was on both sides when we asked if we could switch to the window. It was no problem. Mm-hmm. I was impressed 
by how accommodating the crew was when we asked if we could sit at the window for takeoff. There was no hesitation. No, not at all. Let's talk about that takeoff. You noticed. Oh, actually, let's go back. Yeah. When we were in the lounge, we saw an Aer Lingus A330. You asked, why is there an Aer Lingus A330? We followed them out. I looked on Flight Radar 24. They were going to Orlando. Do you remember? Fifth Freedom. But do you remember? It's not. Because it oh, is. it's open. Because it is Europe, and they mm-hmm. have an open skies agreement. Uh, got it. But do you remember we talked about it about a year ago, that Aer Lingus was going to start operating flights from Manchester to international destinations. I totally forgot about it. Yeah. I didn't even think of that when I saw I it sitting at the gate. Right, I was but confused. Now, now I remember us talking about that. This is where we talk about these topics and we see them we see in, the, in the real world yeah. in, in actuality. Yeah, because when I saw that, I was telling you, it's like, okay, that's weird. Why is there an Aer Lingus yeah. wide body in Manchester? I can't see wide body service to Dublin. And that, that, Virgin, half an hour. that Virgin A350-1000 you took a picture of as we taxied out. Yeah. Do you know where that was going? If I had to guess, so Manchester, was it going to LAX? It was going to Orlando. It was competing with the Aer Lingus. Two Orlando flights from Manchester yeah. with probably 700 seats within 10 minutes of each other. Can I tell you what I did not see? British Airways. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in the UK. We saw maybe two British Airways narrow bodies and a a Dornier 328, yeah. which is not even... We saw a it's lot, operated a lot by Virgin. someone else. We saw a wide-body Aer Lingus. We saw a lot of ME3, Etihad, yeah. Qatar, Emirates. But yeah, no no British Airways. Anyways, going, going back to the takeoff, you were mentioning... Well, before we, before we push back, there was a problem with the jetway. The jetway. Yep. So the jetway wouldn't retract. All the other passengers are probably concerned because they have connections in Houston. And Doug and I look at each other and it's like... Awesome, half an hour more on this. More, more time in these seats, yeah. But you, you were mentioning the takeoff, and, and you were saying that you thought that it was louder than a seven eight. I did. Not I quite like a triple though. No, it was definitely louder than a seven eight seven. But for those of you that have taken off on a triple seven, you really hear as the engine blades are cutting through the wind at high power. You don't hear that on a 787. Yeah. I did hear some of that on takeoff on this plane. Now that you say it, I noticed it on the ground as we were taxiing, that when the when the captain would move the throttles up yeah. to start from a stop, it was louder than what, what you hear on a 78. Still nothing like a like a triple. But took off relatively smooth, turned to the west, headed out over Ireland. At that point, the service started. And it didn't stop. It, it, it still hasn't stopped. I have a port in one hand. I have a glass of red, <laughs> a red wine, wine in the other hand. You've got, is that a Japanese whiskey? Um, no, it's, it's Shivas, but I was offered okay. like three or four types of whis- whiskeys. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, so one thing that is weird, but it worked well, the seat reclines to a certain point, which you could sleep. But as soon as we finished the movie, it was, the timing was impeccable. Doug and I watched well, the you, movie. Well, you jumped ahead. We haven't talked about dinner. Okay. Yeah, let's go back. But, okay. After we took off then, our first drink that we had was mm-hmm. what? So we ordered we ordered whatever we normally get, and we changed to Singapore slings. It was excellent. It was like a <laughs> tropical. I felt like I was in Honolulu drinking some tropical drink. Yeah, and it you was asked, pink. You asked what the ingredients were. So the ingredients, I don't remember. It was cherry brandy. Benedictine, Cointreau, and like three or four. Of the, I didn't know it was so complicated. I, I could care less what the ingredients were. The fact that they brought you a model to show you. like That, that just goes to show this crew. You asked right. what the ingredients were. They brought you the actual bottle for you to read the label and look right. at it. And that's 
that's how this has gone. You got coffee. What, what were right. you telling me? I got coffee, and then normally the question is, would you like milk or sugar? No. That's coming later. The question was, do you want Guatemala or Ethiopia? And I'm like, I've never had that question. <laughs> so I chose Ethiopia, and that coffee was, it was like chocolate. It was yeah. so smooth and strong. But, yeah, you know, I mean, from start to finish, the service has been continuous. The meals were plated. We, we had a, a very large lunch, a three-course meal, a three-course dinner with a chocolate mousse as a dessert at, at the end of our dinner. I had the surfing turf, and the gentleman we were walking, talking to in the lounge probably had the same <laughs> meal. We need to talk about that. Yeah, can we mention that? So we go to the lounge, and Doug and I <laughs> talk a lot, maybe too much. So we go in the lounge, and we ask, hey, do you mind if we join you? And there's this gentleman there. And um, I sit down and ask him, oh, so are you going to Singapore? Not, you know, just to start a conversation. He's like, yes, I am. <laughs> so he was on the flight. So Singapore Airlines has one airplane going to Houston and the other one going the opposite direction. And this gentleman was going to uh, Singapore. Yeah. And he was saying, Drew was asking what he ordered for his food. He said that he ordered some sort of a, a beef. Filet mignon fish, and prawn. And it was called filet mignon and prawns. And we we ordered surf and turf. And we're like, <laughs> it's the same because we talk about like the locality and right. the meals that you get. And probably probably had the exact same meal, but it's called something different based on where. Yeah, it's smoke and mirrors, yeah. but in in the most um, caring way because yeah. Americans don't really say prawn, right? We say shrimp. Yeah. And when you say surf and turf, everyone knows what that means, right? Yeah. But going to Singapore, the same dish is called filet mignon. Yeah. And prawn. <laughs> the food was excellent. I'm full. I, I'm stuffed. And well, we've got two meals within a few hours. Plated, and it was on fancy, very nice plates. We'll post the pictures. That was that was excellent. But you were starting to mention the bed, and and we we so we can preface this for the listeners. We are in Singapore's old business class seats. They're relaunching their business class. I don't know why seats. they seem fine. The, the, the new seats apparently are supposed to be really good. We haven't tried them. My my takeaway from this particular seat, this is the widest business class seat I have ever sat in. Oh, yeah. You mentioned Marissa and I. Can you and Marissa. So and we Doug's can, wife is very petite. We could definitely. We could noodle or. Yeah, or a noodle or whatever. In, in, in this seat, it, it is so wide. Yeah. To get into the bed, and I've read this from all the, all the travel bloggers mm-hmm. and, and all the YouTube videos. This is the one thing that I've learned is you cannot go from a recline. And the, the recline on the seat is great. Like mm-hmm. when it's I was good. watching a movie, I could recline the seat. But we were thinking about falling asleep that way. But then I the crew came up and offered to make it. They make it into a bed, and there's this button that they press, and the back folds all the way down so that you're you have the bed. It doesn't recline straight into a bed. So that's one thing that's different from any other business class seat that I've ever been in. That could be good or bad because sometimes you might want to do it yourself and not bother the flight attendant. But um, they did it very quickly, so it didn't seem like bothered by anything that we asked them. That's true. Um, the other thing that we noticed: so at most airlines, crew members bid their their trips by seniority. I thought that was a given. So I asked them; they don't. So they get a roster; they don't know where they're going. And one of the flight attendants seemed very senior, and she says she likes it because there's some excitement. They don't know where they're going every week. Yeah, well, even when I bid by seniority, there's excitement when I get my schedule. <laughs> well, for you. When I, when I get my schedule. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. We've been recording now for 
17 minutes. How many times do you think that they have come to talk to us in that 17 minute stretch? So during the time that we are recording this, they have come by with a personally written thank you letter. And then they came by with two toiletry kits for each of us. So we don't have to ask for one for our significant others. They've already provided that because they've thought ahead. These interruptions, which I might keep in the edit and just go to show the, the attentiveness. And you, you were still trying to sleep a little mm-hmm. bit. I woke up, I was watching a movie, and I got a glass of wine and a cup of water. And I would say every 15 minutes or so, they came by to see if I yeah. needed anything more. That was the, I, I feel like that was the perfect timing. It wasn't too much. Right. Like it was interrupting what I was watching. But not once was I sitting here wondering, okay, my water is almost gone. Right. You didn't have to I, ask. I never, never, not once. And we just got back. We did a quick um, A350 tour. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is about the show speaking. I hope you enjoy your flight so far. We're probably about 200 miles away from Houston, probably like 43,000 feet. Maybe in about 10 minutes' time, we'll be making our descent into Houston. Latest weather reported in Houston is partly cloudy, clear weather, light wind from the east, and a temperature of 33 degrees Celsius, more 73 degrees Fahrenheit. Run time in Houston is 2.20 in the afternoon. There's six hours time difference between Singapore, Manchester, and Houston. And based on current estimate, we should be landing approximately 3.05 in the afternoon. Have a good day in Houston, not continue on to your subsequent destinations. From your captain, Mike, and the crew, on board SQ-52, thank you once again for choosing the flight with Singapore Airlines. You mentioned we went for a walk. We well, no, before we, we do that, quilting group at the gate right. in Manchester, and we went back to see that. Right, and they're having a ball. In, they're having a ball. They're sitting back in economy. <laughs> so, if you guys are listening, it was great talking with you. We hope you enjoyed it. It was your, Rosemary your and Siobhan. Your, your I told them we'd mention them. Yeah. But, Doug, real quick, I know we're going long. The, the whole episode could be talking about be this like later. Hours. Yeah. Um, the captain mentioned that we're flying at 43,000 feet. That seems very high, it's is very it? High. It's higher than what we go on the triple. It's higher than I go on the DC-10. It flies very high. We had some turbulence, but nothing was... The seatbelt sign came on maybe twice. Yeah. Oh, and that's another thing. When it came on, within five seconds, the flight attendants came by to make sure that everyone, everyone was yeah, secured. Yeah. We are almost to Houston, so we are going to uh, to close out this segment. But um, it has been a great flight, and uh, we will talk more about Fifth Freedom in this episode. Yeah. True, that was awesome. That was that was probably my best flight that I've ever had. No way. Overall, from from a start to finish experience. And you're an av geek, and you're also a world traveler, and yeah. you're saying the flight that we just came off of yeah, is the best flight you've at, ever had. Yeah, because we talked about the service. The service was fantastic. The seats were great. I, I know we were in a premium cabin, but we, we like we said, we walked back to the back. The back, the, the back looked nice. People were happy. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. I would say hands down that was, that was probably the best. So you know, in our little clip, we talked about meeting. So the, we the met quilt, the quilt, the quilt crew. The quilt crew. This is um, two ladies and their families going to a quilting exposition. <laughs> they were so excited. So we're almost at the end of a ten-hour flight. So we walk back and we visit them. How did they seem? Did they, they seem tired? Up, and no, they seemed upbeat. They seemed happy. <laughs> they, it was great. And I, I mean, that that just goes to show. 
That speaks to Singapore Airlines speak, taking care of everyone, yeah. not just premium. Yeah. And um, I want to give a shout out to one of our listeners. Well, Ian, who we met in San Francisco at the start of this trip, he was very concerned for both of us because even though he doesn't work for Singapore Airlines, he's from Singapore. It's pride. And that airline represents it's, it's his a, country. It's a country pride. And yeah. I can tell you, Ian, the airline represented your country very well because the service was excellent, the food yeah. was excellent, the plane was perfect. Yeah, well, well done, Ian. Well done, Singapore. Let, let's talk about this, though, because I, I texted lots of people and said I'm flying Manchester to Houston, mm-hmm. not Manchester, New Hampshire, right. Manchester, England to Houston. Why is Singapore flying that? So let, let's get into that a little bit. The Singapore A350 was flying from Manchester, England to Houston, United States, neither of which is its home country. Singapore is exercising what's called a fifth freedom privilege to fly passengers between two foreign countries. IKO defines fifth freedom as the right or privilege in respect of scheduled international air services granted by one state to another to put down and take off in the territory of the first state, traffic coming from or destined to a third state. Drew, can we explain that? That that is a very technical definition. Yeah. What does that mean in layman's terms? I mean, in layman's terms, it's traveling from, it's traveling between two countries, which is not the home of the airline flying the flight. And we boarded it, and we we could fly to our home country from that flight. Exactly. As opposed to people boarding in Singapore, doing a tech stop in Manchester, Manchester continuing on to Houston, which we're going to talk about the different freedoms here. Now, here, here's a question for you. Singapore flies Manchester, Houston. If China Eastern wanted to start Manchester, Houston, could they? They could if they have approval from both of those countries. That is the big thing, the approval. And, and it says it's defined as the right or privilege. You can't just do it. No. You, you, can't, just, you can't just start it. It has to be approved by both of those countries. Right. And a lot of times it involves a reciprocal agreement mm-hmm. for one of those countries' airlines to also perform fifth freedom flights through that country that is being awarded this route. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you want to get into the other freedoms? Because we we're, we just talked about the fifth freedom, which yeah. to me means that there are one through four. There right. are four other freedoms. Yeah, and you know we talk about fifth freedom a lot. We don't talk about the other freedoms. And to be honest, I didn't know what the other freedoms were. So let's quickly explain all of them. And these are from Ikeo. The first freedom of the air, that is the right or privilege granted by one state to another state to fly across its territory without landing. That's just overflight rights. Right? And right now, we don't fly over Russia because of political issues. But otherwise, airplanes can fly over other countries' territories. That's the first freedom. The second freedom is the right or privilege granted by one state to another state to land in its territory for non-traffic purposes. This would be... What, Doug? This would be a tech stop. This would be like... Uh, Delta right now, who is still waiting on the approval to pick up passengers in Cape Town and fly them to Atlanta. Delta's A350s, because Johannesburg is high and hot, Mm -hmm. cannot make the flight nonstop to Atlanta. So what Delta has decided to do is a tech stop in Cape Town. If you were flying on Delta from Johannesburg to Atlanta, you actually fly Johannesburg to Cape Town, Atlanta. No passengers get off in Cape Town. No passengers get on. It's just a fuel stop, even though it's a longer flight from Cape Town to Atlanta because Cape Town is at sea level. Right. They can put more gas on because it's not high and hot, which diminishes the performance of the airplane. Yeah. I want to go back to the late 70s, early 80s, 
as a kid, I was flying a DC-10 from Los Angeles to Seoul on the way to Sri Lanka, and I remembered we stopped in Honolulu. So that would have been another example of the second freedom. It's just a tech stop for fuel mm-hmm. because Hawaii, um, Koreans cannot carry customers they can't domestically. Up, yeah, they, they can't fly customers that, that terminate in Honolulu or originate in Honolulu going to Seoul. Yep. All right, so let's keep going. The third freedom of the air, this is the right or privilege granted by one state to another state to put down in the territory of the first state traffic coming from the home state. So basically... What does that mean, Doug? I mean, taking people from <laughs> the U.S. to the U.K. would be the third freedom of the year. You're right. That would be flying from North America to Europe or right. something like that. And then the opposite is the right or privilege granted by one state to another state. This is the fourth freedom. Um, to take on in the territory of the first state traffic destined for the home state of the carrier. Mm-hmm. So the yeah, direction. so the, the, third, the third and the fourth basically go hand in hand. And I know we talked about the Aer Lingus A330. That is different in a way because that is a treaty. That is the Open Skies Treaty, which maybe we could get into the the weeds some other time. But the Open Skies Treaty, as we talked about with the Aer Lingus flight, is any carrier in Europe is legal to fly any route to North America outside of its home country. And that is an agreement that in, I think it was 2008 or 2009, that Canada the U.S., I think Mexico, reached with the European Union. If KLM wanted to, they could fly Copenhagen San Francisco under the Open Skies Agreement. And I think Norwegian is doing one of those routes. I can't off yeah. the top of my head think, but it's not from Norway. No. It's from another European country to North America. Or they were before they got rid of their 787s. Yeah. ICAO characterizes all freedoms beyond the fifth freedom as so-called because only the first five freedoms have officially rec- have officially been recognized as such by international treaties so there are nine freedoms and we won't go to the other ones because they're not used no let's not move on so fast you know that on the show we do have to get into the weeds let's look at one of those unrecognized freedoms which is the ninth defined as the right or privilege of transporting traffic of the granting state on a service performed entirely within the territory of the granting state also known as cabotage so that would be an airline, a foreign carrier flying, from example, as an example, from New York to Los Angeles. Yeah, that would be like if Emirates flew, t- took on passengers in New York, yeah, and terminated in Los Angeles. That that would be the ninth freedom in cabotage, which so far no one around the world, no country around the world, is granted. Speaking of JFK to Los Angeles, Qantas used to fly between JFK and Los Angeles using 747s, and then 787s briefly. Up all the way up to 2018, these flights were ferrying passengers continuing on Qantas flights departing Los Angeles. In 2015 and 2016, they were also feeding Air Tahiti Nui flights to Papeete and American flights to Auckland. Qantas defended this, saying that they were connecting code share flights with Qantas flight numbers, citing a 1959 rules saying that a foreign carrier may incidentally transport within the United States only that traffic which brings in which it brings in or carries out so just quickly to explain seems like a lot of lawyers speak seems like a lawyer speak Qantas is basically saying they're selling tickets out of the US they're not carrying people between Los Angeles they're not getting off in Los Angeles right they're connecting people they're on code share flights they're leaving the U.S., so it's not cabotage yeah. because they're connecting internationally. Correct. Yeah, it, it, 
that seems like uh, something you would read in a contractor carriage on page 19. Right. The DOT did not agree with this, and Qantas had to pay a small fine of 125000 <laughs> which is not a lot, so they that's had a slap like they, on the wrist. That's like what they make on one flight. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here are a few operating from North America. Singapore flies New York City to Frankfurt. Air France flies LAX to Papeete, which is Tahiti. China Airlines flies Honolulu to Narita. Air India flies Newark to Heathrow. Emirates flies JFK to Milan. Air Tahiti Nui flies LAX to Charles de Gaulle. And French B now flies from... It's either San Fran or LAX. I can't I remember. San Francisco. It might be San Francisco. Because we see that we see it come in to Papeete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems to be a big Fifth Freedom route, moving traffic from Paris to Tahiti. Mm-hmm. It's I think probably because it's more efficient going through mm-hmm. San Francisco, yeah. just from the the Great Circle route. Yeah, LA is a little bit farther to the south. Well. You know, we've done one Fifth Freedom route. I think we need to hit all of these just to make <laughs> yeah. it fair. All, all 150? Yeah, yeah. Sign me up. Regarding our Fifth Freedom flight that we just got off of, when we checked in, we talked to uh, the agents about the traffic. Because we were curious. We were curious. We were really How many curious people this? So it was half and half, Doug. Half and half. Half were boarding in Manchester. The rest, which is a really long flight. So they had already flown, what, 12 hours to Manchester? I think, Drew, we did the math on that. And I think we came up with 25 hours, roughly, because it was about 13 from Singapore to Manchester. Mm-hmm. The airplane was on the ground for roughly two hours, and then it was another 10-hour flight for us from Manchester to Houston. So the people who connected from Singapore were on the airplane for 25, 25 hours. hours. So what? what definitely Singapore, we actually looked at this a long time ago. We thought about doing the A380 from Kennedy to Frankfurt to Singapore. And what I would do, what I would recommend, if you're thinking about one of these very long Fifth Freedom rides, you are allowed to make a stopover. So you can take Singapore to Frankfurt, spend a day, usually it's free or it's like $100, and then continue on to Singapore. That would be a really nice trip and way better than 25, 25 hours. That yeah, and I, I asked you the question, why would someone do that? You, you actually made a good point. I, first of all, I said, why would you not just fly Singapore to San Francisco or Singapore to Los Angeles and then connect to Houston? That would cut your time probably by four hours, mm-hmm. maybe five hours. You made a good point. You said your, your mom is a great example of someone who that would benefit by doing this because she doesn't have to get off the airplane. She doesn't have to recheck doesn't her bag. Doesn't have to recheck her bag. Doesn't have to connect a lot of people might actually enjoy that even though it is longer time on the airplane right it's one and done yeah it's easy and it's the same carrier whenever you're connecting from one carrier to another there's a host of other issues if your flight's late you may not make it if this flight is late guess what it's the same plane mm-hmm. so you're going to make your connection or well and I, it's the I've, same flight i've done amsterdam johannesburg <laughs> cape town on klm where we didn't pick up new passengers in johannesburg and we were on the ground for two hours as the people got off, it was actually kind of nice to get up and walk around and stretch your legs, mm-hmm. not not getting in the way of anyone once the people got off and they cleaned the airplane and whatever. Yeah. So I, I could see how that would be a benefit for some people. Yeah. All right. So let's let's wrap this up. This this was a great trip. And Doug and I were working uh, lounges and gate areas. It must working have been our... Work in the crowds, and I think it, we, we're wearing our new Next Trip t-shirts, so you'll see the pictures, our pictures on our website, but people were just drawn to us, and they were asking what it is, and we were making friends left and right, so it was, it was really fun. Oh, we wanted to give a shout-out to uh, Rich. We met Rich in one of these lounges. He was going to Asia for the first time, and he, he was... 
he was very apprehensive. He was, yeah, we, we spoke to him for a while. He's going on a fishing trip by himself for two weeks in Thailand. Apparently, Thailand has great fishing. In my mind, I was thinking deep sea fishing. Yeah. No, he's going lake fishing for apparently prized fish. That he has to put back. That he has to put back. <laughs> he's really looking forward to it. Hopefully, Rich, hopefully you're, you're listening. We'd love to find out how your trip went. We were thinking about you, and we will be for the next couple of weeks. It's people like this that we meet on these trips, and it's just awesome. And again, to Dominic and to David and to Ian, this was so much fun that in three cities, different parts of the world, we were able to just spend a day with, with our listeners, and, and this was amazing. And we're not we're not prioritizing these particular listeners over everyone. Oh, no. It's just that this is what we happened to set up when we had listeners. Give us a reason to, to, to come yeah. to your city. <laughs> we would love to do it if we can get the time and figure out a way to get there. Yeah, so so we've gone long, so we apologize, but you know we enjoyed telling you about our trip. And um, please uh, check out our website and check the, check out the pictures. I'll have a lot of them. To our listeners, this podcast is your show, so go on our website nexttripnetwork.com and let us know what's on your mind so we can talk about it or give us your feedback. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Next Trip Podcast. Please tell your friends about us so we can reach more people who love aviation and travel. Thanks to all of our listeners for your support, for joining the conversation. We'll see you next week. And in the meantime, stay aviation tough. This has been the Next Trip Podcast. Visit nexttripnetwork.com for information about previous episodes, trip reviews, aviation photos, and other aviation-related content. This is your show, so search for The Next Trip on Twitter and let Doug and Drew know what you want to talk about. Not on Twitter? You can also email them at nexttrip.podcast at gmail.com. Please consider leaving a review wherever you download your podcasts. It will help other listeners like you discover this show. 